This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. On Twitter, at Gordon Damer. On Instagram, at Gordon Damer. On TikTok, at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until 6.30 tonight. So I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, forecasting, prognosticating, in the next three and a half hours, we will get to talk about the disaster of the Yankees. We will have to discuss that at some point. We'll probably hold off until the game is over. Who knows? Maybe the Yankees have a rally in their bones. You never know. At this point, we have to wonder if they have any bones, never mind any rallies. But we'll, we have to get, we'll get to the Yankees at some point. But I, I, we got to get to some other stuff, right? You get the Jets getting ready for preseason game number three. There was a time where preseason game number three was like the, the dress rehearsal, right? Now, it's a little different this year because the Jets had the Hall of Fame game. But still, Jets Buccaneers tonight. We'll take you right up to the pregame at 630. You had the Giants last night, right? Against the Panthers looking good. Can we please break down Giants-Panthers? I will do three and a half hours on Giants-Panthers at this point. I'll run through Jets-Bucks. We could come up with like an immaculate grid of Jets-Bucks. I'll do anything to avoid talking about the... I will talk NBA schedule. Let's play an 82-game version of the win-loss, win-loss, loss-loss, win game. I would rather do that for three and a half hours. Let's talk about the pipe dream of the Jets trading for David Bakhtiari. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. I would talk about the FIBA World Cup or do a deep dive into uh, the relationship between James Harden and Daryl Morey. Let's talk James Harden and Daryl Morey for three and a half hours just to avoid the dumpster fire. You dig? That is the New York Yankees, but we'll get to it at some point, and I'll be honest with you, I feel like I have a completely different take uh, than everybody else on the Yankees situation. After all the doom and gloom here of the last, what, couple of months? A couple of weeks for sure, but um, a couple of months as well. I want to actually start out with the Jets, because Jets-Bucks tonight, we get the coverage at 6.30. We got 23 days now until the Jets and Bills. And man, I, you talk about excitement about the New York Jets. You talk about the team of the offseason. That is the New York Jets. And excitement for the Jets is at an all-time high. It's certainly higher than it's been in a very long time, and rightfully so. Look, if you're a Jet fan who has been burned, or if you're really if you're any fan of a team that's been burned time and time again, and you can't get excited about a season that projects as well as like the Jets season projects to be this year, that's a you problem. Excitement is great. You have to enjoy the good no matter how long it lasts. And you shouldn't temper the, the, the feelings of excitement. You shouldn't curb your enthusiasm just because there's the possibility of it turning bad at some point or not living up to whatever the ultimate goal is. Now, I will say, it's good to have excitement. Jet fans, be excited. NFL fans, this is the time to be excited. Nothing's gone wrong yet for anybody. So every fan base should be excited because we're 23 weeks away from 
if you're an NFL fan, you're three weeks away from Christmas, right? This is the time that you live for, the start of the NFL season, and it goes by so fast. But I will say the excitement for some has turned into, uh, transformed into delirium. And, and this has nothing to do with the Jets season. I, as I've said before, I think the Jets are going to have a very good season. I think the Jets are going to be competing not just for an AFC East title. I look at them as a Super Bowl contender this year. But there are always concerns. There's concerns. Someone right now in Kansas City is a huge Chiefs fan. They're just coming off another Super Bowl title, and right now they're looking at their team and, oh, my God, how are we going to answer it? Every fan base has concerns over something about their team. And with the Jets, you'd have to say it's the offensive line, right? That has been the conversation that everybody's been having here for the last uh, couple of weeks, maybe the entire offseason. But certainly it had kind of ramped up because it doesn't look like the issue is going away. And the offensive line, it's the foundation of your offense, right? Said it many times, you know it yourself if you're a football fan for any length of time. You have a really bad offensive line, it's really hard to do anything offensively. If you have a bad offensive line, chances are you're going to have a bad team because this is more so now than ever before an offensive league. But when it comes to the Jets' offensive line, in the last, it feels like people think that they don't have any, like they're posting ads on LinkedIn just looking for able bodies. Now, the other day, they were missing guys because of various ailments or issues or whatnot. Dwayne Brown's not back. But they're not going to be missing those guys. And the plan is still, again, the plan could always go sideways. But the plan is still, I've not seen anything where Dwayne Brown is not going to be back for week one. Now, if that happens, okay, time to ramp up the the, the concern meter to DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 5, whichever is the highest DEFCON. But it does seem like it's getting a little overblown, right? Like, A, maybe it's actually kind of a good thing is they don't have a whole lot of concerns. Like, if you were to take offensive line out of the equation, what would be, like, the Jets' next biggest concern? I guess maybe the, the age of Rodgers? I don't know, like, linebacker? There's nothing that's as glaring as their offensive line concerns. But I think a lot of that is because they don't have a lot. There's been lots of years where you could just kind of list three or four things you'd be concerned about with the New York Jets. This year, it's pretty clear one is the offensive line. But they don't need to have, if, if it was the type of thing where the Jets needed to have a top five or top ten offensive line to be good, I would say, all right, that's a real reason for concern because it's kind of hard to bring. They just need competency. Like we talk about the Yankees a lot. If they had just simply had league average people in left field and third base, they'd probably be in a whole lot better shape. You don't need to have all-stars at those positions. You just need to have competent people. And that's kind of with the Jets. You want to be able to cover up your weakness so it's not a glaring five-alarm fire kind of weakness. If the offensive line is not a five-alarm fire kind of glaring weakness for the Jets this year, they are going to have a very big season. You can put whatever numbers on it you want. You know, my algorithm has them at 15-2, and two, which I would admit, just myself sitting here on August 19th does seem a tad high. But that's what the, the algorithm has a mind of its own. But if the Jets' offensive line is not like something that you are focused on play in and play out, game in and game out, where it's just wrecking the season, it's very hard to see a way that the Jets are not going to have a very big season, barring injury. Injury can always do that. And if your offensive line is really bad, (laughs) you would think that there's a greater chance of having an injury to your 39-year-old quarterback. 
But the delirium that has surrounded the Jets' offensive line spins in two ways. A, it's like Henny Penny in the sky is falling with a certain portion of the fan base. And then there's parts of the media where they've taken that. And I was watching NFL Network this week, and they're like, well, the Jets just need to go out and get a guy. Get a guy? Get, get what guy? Where, where are they going to go get this guy? And you see names thrown around. Oh, they should go maybe get, get Jason Peters. Jason Peters is 41 years old. Well, you know, the Jets could always sign Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher didn't play for anyone last year. The Dolphins signed him in the offseason last year. I don't believe he ever played a snap. So this idea, hey, just go get a guy. Get a guy. Where are you going to get this guy? And if it were that easy to go get a guy, why are you waiting until now to go get a guy? Just You should have gotten him already. This is not the time, generally, where you're adding difference makers to your team. This is like last-minute shopping before a road trip and you're running into 7-Eleven. Like, yeah, maybe you might add something, but it's going to be completely overpriced and probably not worth it. So, no, you can't just go get a guy. That's not a possibility. And you know who you're definitely not going to get? Again, this is the delirium part. And you heard this at parts this offseason. Well, the, the Jets, they should go get David Bakhtiari from the, the Packers. Oh, oh, just go get Oh, just go get him. Yes. Why, why didn't we think of this before now? He, after all, he's pals with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers tagged him in an Instagram post. Oh, he did. What are we, 12 years old? <laughs> you're, you're now going to go and trade for a, st- a starting offensive tackle. This is like um, when, when George, uh, George's father on Seinfeld is yelling at um, George Steinbrenner. You traded uh, uh, Jay Buhner for nothing. You know, rocket for an arm. You're not trading. I mean, this is the most moronic thing. Like, how does that get past any editors thinking, yes, we're just going to go trade for David Bakhtiari, uh, who the Packers kind of need, right? You're not trading for a starting offensive tackle in August. Because, A, you would need to find a team that has absolutely, they're willing to blow up their season. Because if you're trading away your starting left tackle, you're kind of saying, you know, we're not going anywhere. So you'd need to, A, find a team that has absolutely no hope and is willing to blow up their season and who also just so happens to have a starting left tackle that's pretty good. Because if you're trading your left tackle at this point, you are saying, you know what, our season's already doomed. We have absolutely no chance. And I would say you have a better chance of trading for anyone else's left tackle than the Packers. Do you? Does there people that honestly think that the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, are going to help out Aaron Rodgers because he needs a left tackle. Oh, Aaron needs a left. Oh, well, 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 let's get let's get on that right away. I would think that the, that they are the last team. You could offer them whatever you want. The last thing they want to do is see Aaron Rodgers succeed now that he has forced his way out of Green Bay. So I would say put every team on the list ahead of Green Bay. And you can run through those teams first before you get to the Packers because I don't think that there's any chance that they trade. Now, it it turns out after this year that Bakhtiari is hurt again or they think he's over the hill or whatever it might be, maybe they'll trade him to you then. But no, they're not going to trade him to you on August 19th or anytime soon. So 
the way the Jets fix this, and I know it's not sexy, it's not the one that's going to fill uh, talk radio segments, but it's the only one you got. You got to fix it in the room. The Jets have a bunch of guys, some of which are hurt, some of which are kind of up in the air, some of which have not been able to stay healthy, but they got to figure the time for talent acquisition at that position that are difference makers is over. You might add a healthy body just to kind of maybe give you some, some hope that he can maybe fill in a game or two if somebody gets hurt. But in terms of difference makers, you're not going to add those guys now. And I will say, if it does, now I don't think it will. I think that they'll figure it out. I think that a lot of this is just, you know, preseason with high expectations. You're looking to pick at any kind of uh, scab that you might have. So, of course, we're going to attack the offensive line because that seems to be the most glaring weakness of a Jets team that is expected to do big things this year. But let's just say the offensive line stinks this year and the Jets season uh, goes sideways as a result of the offensive line stinking this year. To me, that's not a real Robert Sala issue. That is much more on Joe Douglas. Now, I know that Robert Sala seems to be the guy on the hot seat all the times that you have conversations about it. And I'd say that there's, there's stuff to pick on there, right? This is a big year for him. It's a big year for the team. It's a coaching league. He's the head coach. And I would say it depends on how, if the Jets season does not fire for whatever reason, we have to know how it did, why did it not fire? Is the defense the, the problem? If the defense is not really good to excellent, yes, that is absolutely on Robert Sala. Or if there are things outside of just like individual aspects of the team, like penalties. If penalties are, if the Jets are con- continually making boneheaded plays and getting penalties on either side of the ball or on special teams, all right, fine. That's or distractions are not addressed. That's on the head coach. But if the offense is the problem, are we really going to blame Robert Sala? The Jets have outsourced their offense to Aaron Rodgers. That's essentially what they've done. They've outsourced the job, the entire side of the ball, to Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not blaming him. It was their best option. But the reason it was their best option was because the GM picked Zach Wilson a couple of years ago. And it was their best option because there weren't many good ones at the most important position in sports. They outsourced the offense to Aaron Rodgers, right call, given the situation that they were in. They hired his offensive coordinator. They brought in the wide receivers that they could add that he wanted. He's running the show, and it's the best plan. But the only plan for the Jets, the only thing that really has to happen, it has to work. It has to work. Because if it doesn't, on the offensive side of the ball, if the offense is the issue, it really seems hard to see how you can pin that on Robert Sala, especially since who do you think the Jets would want as, or who do you think that Rodgers would want as the next head coach? I'm guessing it's probably the offensive coordinator that he loves. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get into your phone calls. We'll touch on the Giants. We'll touch into Dalvin Cook, who is absolutely lying to you this week when he met with the media. Lots of stuff to do just getting started. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. FM ESPN New York talking a little Jets as they get ready for uh, the Buccaneers tonight another preseason matchup our coverage uh, gets underway 630 but uh, let's get some phone calls in 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number we'll put off the Yankee conversation for as long as humanly possible as we go out to Matt Matt is in Tom's River Matt what's going on my man you're first up on the Gordon Damer show 
Hey, how you doing, man? Um, diehard Jets fan here. Uh, season tickets have been in my family for like over 40 years. My grandpa. So like, I I watch a lot of Jets, and I'm excited for the year. And uh, I, I was going to make a point, like it's just like a joke, to say that um, Debrickishaw Ferguson is the same age as Dwayne Brown, and that um, <laughs> he looks he looks great, like he's in great shape. So I don't, he only missed like like one snap, like his whole career, I think. So I mean, um, anyway, that's not seriously going to happen. Um, but I want, another point I want to make is two points. Is one, you're absolutely right about the offensive line having to just be competent. And how that how that's going to happen is Rodgers is good at just playing small ball. Like he can get the ball out of his hand fast and if they can run the ball they get like you know a power run game that's all and then just hurt you deep down the field like brady and the patriots used to do like um you know just that's how it's that's going to make up for the offensive line and make them play well just like you said that's and i think the best combination probably they're going to have to do that like power run and good pass protection is going to be beckton tomlinson um mcdermott put Tipman at right guard and AVT at right tackle, and you have the best lineman on the field, and hopefully it's a power run game that helps everybody and, and wins the games. All right, Matt. Well, look, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Um, I should have asked Matt. Um, is Matt still there? Yeah, I'm here. You know, also, oh, yeah, he's still Martin, but Now, Matt, you I say that you – still run for like – you say that you are you're you know lifelong Jet fan. The tickets now. Were you allowed to pick another team, or did you just were you forced to pick the Jets as a fan? I mean, I just you just wanted to be to part of the family team, group. I, I just wanted I just wanted to um, you know, my dad is just he was the man, you know, and I uh, uh-huh. just I remember uh, losing in the AFC Championship game, like probably my oldest memory to the Broncos. And okay. You know, I just wanted I just wanted to like root on with my dad. You know, like a lot of like sure. a lot of people, they just okay. fall into the. They don't, they're not forced, but it just happens. You know. Right. Yeah. No, I understand. I guess, uh, and thanks for the phone call. Um, I always wonder, like, it, when you're like, because I root for the Dolphins, also a bad team, pretty much here for the last uh, thirty years or so. I did not force my son to root for the. I said you can root for anybody you want. You can't root for the Jets. Like I did put that parameter on it, uh, but. Um, I always wonder, like, do you force your kid when you've had a rough go of it with a franchise? Do you force your kid? It's like making your kid. I worked in the coal mines. You work in the coal. No, you should want better for your. You, go root for a team that's gonna pay off at some point in your lifetime. Maybe, maybe this year's a year for the Jets that they pay it off. But um, we shall see. In terms of the offensive line and what you know, the Jets said this week, we're we're gonna go with the best five guys, which. It's always a foolproof plan. Everybody who ever says, we're going to just throw the best five guys out there. I figured you were going to throw the best five guys. Isn't that always the way you do? Uh, in terms of Mekhi Becton, it's very hard to think that now all of a sudden that this is going to. But I get the temptation to fall into that trap because if he were to be able to stay healthy, he's been pretty productive when he's been on the field. The problem is he's just not able to stay healthy. He's played one game in two years. He's played 15 games for the Jets or something like that in three seasons. And, it, and it's not like he came into camp this year and is like, ready to go, ready to hit the ground run. You know, he's still overcoming an injury. He's still having some, some concerns about overcoming that injury and trusting it and all that type of stuff. And uh, you can get burned putting too much faith, but I understand why you would fall into the temptation because when he is out there, he can be a monster. And that first year before he got hurt, he played those first 11 games, it looked like, hey, Jets have their left tackle of the future. But that's a long time ago now.
It's a long time ago now. But that would fix a lot of issues, and it just feels like that I do think that this offensive line it's going to be a thing all year long because it doesn't feel like they have real good answers at either tackle spot. Like Becton, you, you, you hope that you can get something out of him, but how much? Can you get 17 games out of him? That seems unlikely. At this age, can you get 17 games out of Dwayne Brown at this point? Uh, that kind of seems unlikely. So I don't think that this problem is going away. I don't think that it is the epic five-alarm fire that a lot of fans are making it out to be, but I can understand where they're coming from, especially – if you are a lifelong Jet fan, part of you probably looks at it and says, all right, how's this going to go wrong? It always goes wrong, right? So how's it going to go wrong this time? And that would be the first thing that would certainly uh, jump out at you. All right, let's go to the uh, phones again. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on? Well, I'm sure glad that uh, I could talk to my friend Gordon because I'm holding off on the Yankees also. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I'm done with the I'm I'm so done with the Yankees. I'm pulling that Severino starts every game as an opener for the first inning, so I don't even have to turn it on. So I'll turn I'll turn my attention to football, which I'm not really that well versed in. I just listen, you know, Buddha and I are pretty friendly and I've known Ira forever. And uh look if it's the weakest link, I'm guessing, from what I'm hearing. Would that be correct, the offensive line? With the Jets? Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's mostly because they don't really have many other uh, weak links, you know, like the offense, the skill positions are really good. The quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, so yeah. the running game, they got a 1,000 guys in that room. The defense is, if healthy, should be able to get pass rush. The secondary looks pretty strong with Sauce Gar- Like, they don't really have a long list of – of issues and every team's going to have one thing but the fact that the Jets don't have really anything else that jumps out to you is nearly as important as the offensive line so the biggest problem with keeping the Rogers upright with a 40 year old tackle who's been injury prone and another guy that I think you just said has played 15 games in three years yeah Becton uh, yeah right so the pass rush you know if if, uh, it's funny because I spoke to someone last night and they said to me Look, the main problem the Jets are going to have is any team who has a good pass rush, you know, and, and that seems to make sense. It, it must be very difficult. I'm asking you. This is I'm just asking you because I don't know. There must be a real dearth of offensive linemen available. And if anyone thinks they're going to pick one up after the cuts, I think they uh, I got a bridge to sell them in Brooklyn. Well, look, and and Spike, thanks for the phone call. Um, Maybe somebody shakes free, but the starting left, like anybody you're getting at this point is going to have some issues of their own. There's no team in the league that is just so loaded with linemen or especially tackles um, that uh, you you think that, oh, they're they're just going to get rid of nobody. you, You need the depth to begin with, and there's just not that many of those guys that are available. Uh, if they were available, you would have gone and, uh, and gotten them by now. I mean, as it is, the Jets' best-case scenario is a 38-year-old Dwayne Brown at left tackle who was only able to play, what, 12, 11 games last year so, uh, and is still kind of nursing an injury right now. So th- these guys are hard to find. The original plan was to have Mekhi Becton there for the last couple of years, but the guy's not been able to stay healthy as well, so... Yeah, look, it, it, it's an issue. I'm not going to tell you it's not, but it does feel like it's getting just a, a tad overblown, and it's now up to the Jets coaches to kind of game plan around it as best they can. But I do think it's probably going to be something that pops up throughout the course of the season because it's not like you're just waiting for Dwayne Brown to get back, and when he does, well, we have no qualms about, you know, he's 38 years old. He's coming off an injury. He's dealt with injuries here the last uh, couple of years. 
That's what happens when you get to be that age. Uh, but, no, they're, they're not going to go out and all of a sudden be able to find a guy, as, as some would lead you to believe. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Keeping an eye on the Yankee game because I am legally required as a part of this job. But let's talk a little Giants coming up, too. They had their own preseason game last night. Things uh, moving ahead towards the season for the Giants for Big Blue. And talking about high hopes. Giant fans have those as well. So we'll get into that next. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. There's a scene in the movie where he's a skier and he's trying to ski this uh, this enormous hill, the K-12, as they call it in the movie. And uh, he wants to impress the, the girlfriend that he's lost. And he thinks by skiing the K-12, well, that'll get her back. So he goes up with his, be- his buddy to the K-12 and he starts skiing down. And his buddy, who knows nothing about skiing, says, here's the plan. Go that way really fast. And if something gets in your way, turn. So sure enough, John Cusack's carab, stunt double, goes down the hill. And as soon as he starts going down the hill, he runs into trouble, fall, and he's just tumbling down the, the mountain. And then it cuts back to his buddy at the top of the mountain, and he's just shouting, okay, now turn. I bring that up because that's kind of how the Yankees are doing right now. If you're wondering, hey, I, w- I wonder if today's the day. I heard that Aaron Boone said that there's going to be a turnaround with the Yankees. I wonder if today is the day. No, it's not. And how's it going? Right now, they are, they are falling butt over tea kettle down the K-12, and uh, they probably have someone at the top. Say, now turn. It's not going well. Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. But, hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show. We'll get to the Yankees at some point. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. As a Yankee fan, I'd kind of like to avoid talking about it anymore. Uh, and uh, just if we could – when you have like the video game, you can fast forward to the end of the season just so you can get into the offseason aspect. I'd like that part. I want to I fast forward. I'm looking for the button so I can fast forward through the game until the end of the season, and then we can get to the, the fun part. Because this, this, this part, not fun at all. Not fun at all. Uh, but we talked a little bit about the football. We got the Jet game, the preseason game against the Buccaneers coming up, uh, 6.30 tonight. And really – it's funny because I don't know how much preseason football you're watching, but there's always takeaways, right? Takeaways from the game, things that you're looking forward to going into the game. I would think if you are a Jet fan tonight, the number one thing, maybe the only thing that you're really seriously looking forward to is how does Makai Becton look? Does he get run with the starters tonight at right tackle? And if he does, how does he look? Because again, if this is the number one issue with the team, that one guy could go a long way to kind of fixing uh, a lot of the issues with the team. One other Jet thing that I wanted to touch on before we get to the Giants. <clears throat> this week, finally, oh, thank God, we finally got an end to the Dalvin Cooks uh, scenario, right? He's going to this team, he's going to that team, but he lands with the Jets. He signs a contract with the Jets, Dalvin Cook. The Jets are all in. They're adding Dalvin Cook, and he had his press conference in the course of the week, and he, Maybe it's not him that's lying to me. Maybe it's just the media, but the, the takeaway is there. Aaron Rodgers being here, that was a major factor for Dalvin Cook landing with the Jets. 
He just couldn't be on the other side. He got to see Aaron Rodgers so much as a member of the Vikings and Rodgers with the Packers. He just couldn't be on the other side anymore. That's a, that's a bold-faced lie. It's just a – and everybody knows it's a lie. It, you're lying right to my face. Aaron Rodgers being here had absolutely nothing to do with Dalvin Cook signing with the – the running back room had nothing to do with Dalvin Cook. The, the coaching staff, the, the expectations – the reason he's with the Jets is Dalvin Cook found a team to pay him. That's it. That's it. That's all it was. They were the only team that was willing to pay him roughly what he was looking for. He was looking, reports were when he got cut, he was looking for a one-year deal worth around $10 million. He got a one-year deal that could be worth up to what, $7 million or a little bit more than that. Maybe it's eight point something. But that's why. It has nothing to do with anything else. Don't tell me, that. oh, I wanted to be part of this. No, you didn't. You wanted to be part of it because they're paying you. And, and that he should do that. As a running back, oh, the, this, one of the stories of the offseason, how hard it is for running backs to be able to get paid. He got released. He should just go to whoever's offering the most. But just say that. I mean, every day this offseason, oh, it was like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? He's at Patriots camp one day. I might sign with the Patriots. He's at Dolphin. I think he was at Dolphin camp a couple of times. It seemed like that. He might sign with Miami. He went to Jets camp, left Jets camp, came back to Jets camp because they signed him. That's it. He was looking for the team, a, a team that was willing to pay him. It's hard for these guys to get. A few of them have signed here. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook. But no, the reason why he ended up with the Jets is because they were willing to pay him the most money. End of story. End of story. And it really will be kind of a fantastic test case because the name Dalvin Cook, and maybe it's just because fantasy football is just so big. And last year, his traditional stats, they look good, right? 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. I think he had like 4.5 a carry. But you'd have to think to yourself, well, well if, if he's not good, why was he available again? And it's going to be a test. It's almost going to be interesting to see if it's a test case in terms of NFL analytics. I know baseball analytics have been such a big hit with the fan bases of teams, uh, but the NFL, because if you look at his advanced stats like um, rushing yards over expected or rushing explosiveness, they don't paint a, a pretty picture. And that Vikings GM is a is a guy who's well versed in analytics. So uh, to me. It's a great, you know, it's an interesting story because you know the name Dalvin Cook and it's another piece on the and, and the puzzle for the Jets this offseason. But I think that it's going to be one of those things that we end up spending a lot of time on and he's not going to match the production. It almost seems like people are expecting it to be like a two-headed monster in the back heel, backfield for the Jets between Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. When I think really Brees Hall, maybe it takes him a little while to get going coming off the knee injury. Uh, but I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be Brees Hall's backfield, and Dalvin Cook will mix in every once in a while, but it's not going to be this two-headed monster. It's going to be much more of one and a whole lot less of the other. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up next, we will talk about the Giants after their win against the Panthers yesterday in the preseason and looking ahead to week one against the Cowboys. We do it next right here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up 5 o'clock, we will do uh, what I learned on TikTok. Now, we have some bonus Harvey Cruz today. He's not supposed to still be working on the show, but he but he's still here. Harvey, what's going on, my man? Are you all right? No, I'm just filling in just right. uh, for the time being. I will... Just for the time being. You could leave at any moment. Uh, 
Not really. I mean, that that'd be unfair to Chantel's with us as well. But uh-huh. um, look, I'm just covering until someone comes through. That's okay. It. All right. Who it's knows? It's funny. I, I thought of you uh, the other day. Aw. Because remember when we had the conclusion of our Wasp saga? I think that was last Saturday, right? I think that was last Saturday. That, honestly, time's been going by so quickly, I, I would not know. Yeah. And, and you asked me, now that I've co- accomplished this, what's next on the horizon? I, I didn't really know. Do you remember this conversation? I do remember now. You wanted to be part of a, a, just a segment all of a sudden. Well, I was thinking about it. I, I'm not, uh, not uh, putting it in, in stone or anything like sure. that. Sure. But you, you asked me what, what's next on the to-do list. Yeah. And I actually came up with something that's almost as terrifying. I don't know. Maybe it's more terrifying in some ways than the whole wasp situation. And that is, I I was uh, had my son out in the car the other day. He's learning how to drive. Fifteen oh year old son Jack is uh, getting behind the wheel. He's getting ready for uh, sophomore year, so driver's ed and all that type of stuff. So I said, "Hey, let's let's go put it into practice." I did not get stung on that first trip, so we'll see how things go uh, moving forward. But I, I thought that uh, you would appreciate that because you know you were you were worried about me not having something next to accomplish. And you know what I learned this week? It's not in the, the what I learned on TikTok, but uh, wasps at the end of the summer tend to, they, they sense that it's the end of the summer and they become more feisty. So that might have been one of the, the roadblocks for me in the whole wasp scenario. They're trying to, I guess, leave a lasting impression before they leave. Now, someone, uh, I think it was Joe Leo that suggested uh, that maybe, I, I was thinking because we're moving the show, this show is going to be filling in for, for Dan Grassa on the weekends, 9 to noon moving forward. You mean replacing Dan Grassa? No, not replacing, just, just, just during the football season. Dan will slide right back in there. You'll be very happy when, he, when I leave, go back to this normal time slot. But for the football season, Dan's got a lot of stuff going on, so I'm going to fill in 9 to noon. I was thinking about actually retiring for the time being, just like put a temporary hold on the um, what I learned on TikTok. Why? Well, at some point, you've learned all there is to learn. You know, finding out these interesting but yet completely useless pieces of information every single week is taking up more and more of my time. You know, it was fine when I was, I was being deluged with all these things that I didn't already know because I'm not that smart of a person. But now that I'm, I'm so well-informed, again, useless but entertaining pieces of information, it's getting harder and harder to find all these things. I already knew, you know, it's like I'm flipping through things, knew that already, knew this already, knew that. So I was thinking, but somebody raised a a point that maybe we should, like, get a grandmaster's edition of what I learned on TikTok and bring back, like, the four worst participants in the history of the segment. You can and count four, me in for that one. That's the for sure. four horsemen of that one would be you. Yes. Joe Leo would have to be in the mix. Sure. Uh, Jacob Perry, who's, I, I think that that's why he's moved. He used to do this show and he's moved away. Some would say he just got a promotion. Others would say he just wanted to avoid what I learned on TikTok. Oh, geez. Uh, and then uh, Brian Mangia, who doesn't work for the company anymore, but I think would be willing to come back for at least a Grandmaster's edition because Brian was the first test case uh, and that's when i really had a lot of fit oh man i was throwing things at him all the time it was very difficult i think now maybe the game has slowed down a little bit and if brian came back he would do far better than those other three participants what do you think about that i think that this would be like mcdonald's uh retiring the mcrib mm-hmm. this would be like burger king just retiring the uh the well they Whopper. bring back the mcrib don't they from time to time i'm not a mcrib guy 
Neither am I, but what I'm saying is you would be retiring your most popular segment. And for what? For more Yankees talk? <laughs> Maybe. It seems like we might have a, an off-season of stuff of stuff to talk about when it comes to the New York Yankees. I mean, you don't you, think so? <laughs> what, what was it that you said on the breaks? A hope or worst-case scenario or something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, there's. I, I know that the Yankee fans are very disappointed, and I'm sure the Boo Birds were out at the stadium. To, it's, it's funny when people are like, why are people still going to the games? Well, they bought the tickets already. And, and, and for 30 years, the team has generally been – Okay, in the month of all, this is this is unheard of basically over the last 30 years. So who can blame people for still showing up at the stadium if you've already got the tickets? Were you going to throw the tickets away? You going to sell sell them on a on a secondary site or something like that? I don't I don't think that there's a big market for those right now. I'm not sure, but you know what? There is a big market in football. We've talked about the Jets already. Let's talk a little Giants. Because Giants had their preseason game last night against the uh, Panthers. And it's funny, I was, re- I was looking for angles today uh, to talk a little Giants, getting ready for the season, because we're still a little ways away. We're not, it's not like uh, Giants-Cowboys is tomorrow. It's still, still a little ways off. Uh, and I saw a lot of articles, the takeaways, right, from the Giants win over the Panthers, be it uh, Daniel Jones's performance looked very sharp. Darren Waller was very involved. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau had, uh, had a presence there. I think my main takeaway from uh, watching the Panthers here the last couple of weeks is that the Panthers are really going to stink. I think that's my main takeaway from that game and the Jet game and all the games, uh, that the Panthers are still not very good. But Giants are expected to be good this year. And it's funny because it seems like there are definitely two schools of thought in terms of what this Giants team can do this year. Either you're a Giant fan who feels like, all right, last year was laying the foundation and now we're going to build on that foundation, right? We got our coach, we got our GM, we had a successful year, we got to the playoffs, we won a playoff game, and that's just the beginning. Now we're going to, now we have to take that next step. And I'm sure if the Giants don't take that next step for, for this season, Giant fans are going to be very excited, uh, very uh, upset, and rightfully so. You, you thought that you were getting one thing and if it doesn't fire this year for whatever reason, it's never a case where a team accomplishes something and then you get to uh, put that in the bank for the following season. Nobody's cutting you a break in any sport at any time. You take a look at that first year with the Knicks under Tom Thibodeau where they, where they exceeded every expectation that anybody could have for the Knicks. They didn't, nobody came on the air the next week or no fan anywhere said, ah, oh, well, you know what, they had a good year last year. If they stink this year, that's okay. So if the Giants, for whatever reason, Take a step back this year. Fans are not going to be okay with it. They're not going to say, well, at least we won a playoff game last year. No, they're going to be ticked off because you feel like, hey, they're building something here, and now it's about moving past that progress every single season. So there's a school of thought that that's the case. And then I think there's generally media people who look at the Giants, and maybe rightfully so, as a lot went right last year, starting with that first game, week one. You go for it. You get it. You win that game, and it felt like Giants are off to the races. And they did hit some lulls there as the season got a little tougher and we're dealing with some injuries, especially to Saquon, but still were able to recover, got into the playoffs, won a playoff game. But the NFL from year to year is littered with teams that surprise one year in a positive way and then kind of fall flat the next season. But when you take a look at it's weird because there's such high expectations with the Jets playing in the AFC. There's really no reason that the Giants don't make the playoffs this year, if it, unless it's a complete flop. Because when you take a look at the NFC, there's not that many good teams. 
Like, even looking at it, all right, Eagles, Cowboys, Niners. Those three teams, I think, clearly uh, it's, it's kind of hard to think that any of those teams are not going to be playoff teams. So let's just put those you – you get seven a conference. Let's put those three teams in. Eagles, Cowboys, Niners. Who else? Who else are the Giants not better than? So even if the Giants were to get off to a bit of a rough start, see, if the Jets get off to a rough start, they could be sunk. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC this year. And there's probably more good teams in the AFC, and, and at least one or two of them are probably not going to make the playoffs. If you're not winning 10 games in the AFC, it's very hard to see a, a scenario where you're still making the playoffs with, uh, you know, nine and seven on the, or excuse me, uh, nine and eight, nine and eight. It still sounds weird, doesn't it? Adding it up to 17 instead of 16. Still I hate weird. it. I hate it. So I hate much. it, right? Yeah. I'm never going to get used to that. They should just really, they should, I feel like they should just make it 18 already because at least that will be an, uh, an even number again. It'll I think, feel a little bit more natural. I think they're the only sport with an odd number of like yeah, it's finishing record. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. But when, when it comes to the Giants, like obviously somebody from the North is going to make it. You, don't, you wouldn't think that there's going to be two teams from the North. Like, everybody loves the Lions this year. And, okay, let's, let's all pretend that it's all going to go swimmingly for the Lions. Who else is making it from the North? The Vikings? Uh, the team that was by far the luckiest team in the NFL last season with all the one-score games that they won? I think they won, like, 11 like one-score games. Do you look at the Packers with, a, with essentially a rookie quarterback now and Jordan Love getting in there? Washington? Like, who is this team? And it's not just one team because, again, it's two, right? One from the north, one from the south. Say you get two from the east and the Niners out west. Who else in the west is going to be any good? All right, let's say Seattle's – again, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not – it's almost a struggle to come up with seven teams in the NFC that are going to make the playoffs. So even if the Giants don't get all the breaks maybe that they got last year and – you take a look at their offseason, you wouldn't say, oh, they, they really broke the bank here or there. They made massive improvements here or there. They still should probably be a playoff team. If they're flirting around 500 at the midpoint of the season, it would seem like in the NFC with the teams that are there, there's a very good chance that they're going to make the playoffs again this year. And I, I, to think that they're going to take a step back and, and miss the playoffs, given the competition in that conference – Boy, that would seem like a real disappointment. A real disappointment. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we've put it off long enough, people. We have, we have, we've put it to the side long enough. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody puts the New York Yankees in the corner, except themselves. So we'll tackle the New York Yankees next. On the Gordon Damer Show, it is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. 